Hey everybody, it's Payday, and you're listening to The Payday Podcast with your host, Samantha Mantra, me. Welcome back. This is season two, and I have 15 episodes of the most pertinent issues that affect your money, your wallet, your bank account, every payday for the next couple months just for you. This season, we're diving right into the scary stuff. Maybe spooky season, but it will take more than a quick chant and a white candle to exercise these menaces. That's right. I'm talking about inflation and recession. In other words, what the heck are we doing about where we are in our grandchild's history book? So let's start with where we are. Where we are is the highest inflation you have lived through if you are under the age of 40. And if you are over the age of 40, the highest inflation since the 1980s. Now, context, right? So right now, depending on where you are in these United States or indeed in the world, you're somewhere between 8 to 10% inflation. U.S. specifically was 8-ish percent in total consumer inflation in August, and I haven't seen a good September report yet. (sighs) What does this mean? Well, the worst it ever got in the 1980s was 15% inflation. Let's hope we never go there. We briefly brushed across 10% inflation and came back down, but we are stubbornly sticking right here. And you will have noticed this if you pay for anything. If you pay rent, if you buy groceries, if you have been paying your electric bill, your power bill, if you've been filling up your gas tank of your car, you will have noticed that yesterday's dollars don't seem to be today's dollars. So... How do we handle inflation? Well, the first thing we're going to do is we are going to be honest with ourselves because expenses have changed so much that it's left most people's budgets in tattered ruins, which means you kind of just have to throw everything off the table and say, okay, starting from scratch, what is the cost of life right now? And you will add it up and those numbers will probably not make you happy, but you need to know them in order to survive inflation. Now, certain things in inflation are systemic, like the cost of food, the cost of power, the cost of gas, and you can't negotiate that directly with the system. However, you can band together with enough people to bring the cost right back down. I'm looking at you, Conrad, in New York, raising prices for people's electricity and heat bills without giving prior warnings. And you can get your representatives involved and say, hello, I'm looking at a 50% increase. I would like this gone. Those are small individualistic actions that can add up to a big reduction in your day-to-day bills, month-to-month bills even. Now, when it comes to food, you might have to change how you shop for food. Perhaps you were in the space prior to inflation, and we're going to talk about why we're here. Don't worry, but I want to start with what we're going to do about it. Perhaps you were in the space, you know, in roughly early 2021, before this really started taking off, where you're like, I could shop at the farmer's market, and we could do a BJ's run, and we could do, you know, a couple little organic things, and you felt really good about that. And you recently looked at your grocery bill and nearly fainted. Because groceries in many parts of the countries have doubled, tripled, quadrupled, and even quintupled, and that was just for 
feeding two or three adults. I have seen what grocery bills look like for families and it's not pretty. And that means that there's going to need to be some adjustments in what you're buying or what you're not buying. And that's unfortunate, but it doesn't need to stay that way forever. So for example, myself, I've had to mix in some more frozen goods and less fresh goods for now. We'll see how long that lasts and we'll see what prices look like over the next quarter. I have a question for you. When was your last normal month? When was the last normal month where you're like, it was definitely $300 a month? And how long has it been since things were normal? And if you don't know the answer to that and you have two days to spare, you can go dig through all your stuff or you could just start today because the prices are going to continue to go up. And it will be a hard thing to get stable without another income. And that might be maybe your spouse's income or you and family members share the bills, but it's going to be a hard thing. So how do we make this work? Well, we start asking questions. Do we make enough money? Can we recalculate our emergency fund? Do we have an emergency fund? Is there opportunities in our field that will pay us better? Is it a possibility to job search right now and look around? And how long is this going to continue, right? Because I think that's at the end of the day, you're like, okay, Samantha, we're in make it work mode, but how long do we have to make it work for? Okay, so let's go back and talk about why inflation exists in the first place. So 2021 started it off and 2022 has only made it worse. I'm just going to list headlines at this point. You've been living through the same years that I have. So we had this thing called COVID. And COVID caused a mass labor shortage across multiple sectors. Then we had supply chain shortages caused by COVID across all sectors. I repeat, all. (laughs) People until the last three years have never personally felt the fact that our entire world economy is tied together. We may be different countries and different cultures, but for all intents and purposes of life, this is one place, one earth now. And that is being clearly and painfully felt. So when supply chain issues and labor issues came together, we got price gouging. They're still doing investigative work for the people who sold um, fraudulent PPP in New York in the very early 2020. That's still going to happen. They will nail those bastards. And so um, price gouging across multiple sectors, or shall I say almost all the sectors that you could think of, led to the beginnings of our inflation madness. Now, here comes 2022. There's this little thing called a war happening in Ukraine, and there's Russia, and there's oil money involved. Anytime oil money is involved, as the people of Europe are seeing in their own heating prices, things are going to get very intense very quickly. So that, all those things that I just said, That's the why, and that's what makes it hard to solve. Inflation this time around, in this history chapter, isn't being caused by any one specific thing. It's actually about five to six different things that have converged together to make it a very hard beast to slay. So how are we going to get out? Now, the Federal Reserve Bank, the Federal Reserve Bank of the United States of America, has literally raised the interest rate five times. Five times within this calendar year. Um, I don't know if that's unprecedented, but it is highly irregular. And I'm not going to go look up that particular stat. I'm going to keep talking to you. So 
The thing is, is that everything's a hammer to a nail. The Federal Reserve has a very limited set of tools that can actually combat inflation. And one of them is to keep raising the interest rate. The interest rate meaning everything from private loans. So some people who have private student loans have seen their interest rate go up because they have some variable private student loans and they're not all fixed credit cards. So maybe your credit card was at 18% and now it's at 19, 20, 22%. Mortgage loans, right? I think mortgage loans almost hit 7% a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure if they've continued to rise past then. And silver lining to all that, high yield savings accounts. So my high yield savings account literally just held 2.25%. And BC, before COVID, the peak I ever saw for a high yield savings account was 2%. So there's silver linings to it. And if you're in a good financial position, you can afford to sit down, buckle your seatbelt and be like, okay, it's going to be bumpy, but I'll be fine. But if you're not, you still got to sit down and figure out how to strap yourself in. So inflation, those are the reasons. That's why it's not getting solved anytime soon. And there are still ways to combat it. And so one of the biggest things to do for yourself, obviously, besides budgeting and knowing your numbers, is to see what is variable that can be turned into a fixed cost. So for example, what is your treat yourself thing? That might be weekly sushi. Okay, and what would improve your quality of life that is a fixed cost instead of a variable cost as food costs are going to go up? I invite you to think about that. And it's not a lot, right? I'm not promising magic solutions. I do not have a magic wand. If I would have, I would have waved it a long time ago. But I want you to seriously think about where you're at in life, what could improve your life, and what would it take to maintain your quality of life without having to sacrifice too much of it. That will help inoculate you a little bit to just how bumpy the next couple years are going to be. And yes, you didn't hear me stutter. That was correct. I said the next couple years. So the second part of this conversation is about the recession. The recession, all caps, is basically our boogeyman, right? Big old bad boogeyman. Are we going to have a recession? Well, let's turn to 2008. My elder millennials will remember this vividly. My younger millennials will have been in high school or college and will have watched this play out very dramatically in their family groups. The 2008 downturn in the stock market, specifically the S&P 500, lasted 929 days or about 2.5 years, according to the New York Times. Now, that's how long it took the stock market to recover. Interestingly enough, the IMF, that is the International Monetary Fund, has decided we will be dealing with the fallout of what comes until 2025. In other words, I'm expecting this mess to last at least another two to three years. That's not good news. But if you can see a bad thing coming, you can take measures that are preventative rather than reactive. And that is the hope coming out of this conversation that you will be able to do that. Preventative, not reactive. Because a recession is not an if, it's a when. This is going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And we're basically all together waiting for the other shoe to drop. (sighs) This is a direct quote from the IMF. They say that they expect the global recession to be as bad or worse than 2008-2009. End quote. There is reporting from the New York Times, from the Atlantic, from the UN, 
it's global, it's American, it's North American. This is going to happen. There's just no avoiding it at this point. So the question is, how do we make it less painful on us individually? Because remember, this podcast is for people who are broke and not people who are rich and have trust funds to inoculate them from, quote unquote, global market disruptions, end quote. Well, we're in a recession and it's not our first one for most adults. It'll probably be our third one if you are an OG to this life. If it's only your second one, you may remember a lot of your parents losing their retirement funds really badly. So one thing I would like you to do, and this is not advice because I am not a fiduciary, is to make sure that in your retirement accounts that you do not panic. You don't sell, you don't stop, and you make sure that your asset, you don't stop contributing, and your asset allocation is correct for your age. A lot of people lost a lot of money in retirement accounts in 2008 because their asset allocation, their balance of aggressiveness versus conservativeness was never changed since they were 20s and they were in their 40s or 50s or 60s. So if you are on the older side of things, closer to retirement, over 40, make sure that you make sure that that's balanced and then leave it alone. Don't look at it. Do not panic. Okay. Those are for folks who have investments, usually in the form of retirement. For regular folks or just folks who are younger and don't yet have investments or don't have that much in investments, you want to make sure that your daily needs are taken care of. You want to make sure that you keep an eye on your skills. We are seeing layoffs across different sectors. Now, I'm going to challenge conventional expert wisdom here because most of the experts are saying that we will have more labor shortages and there'll be layoffs. And I specifically, Samantha, say, why do you think that? And here is why, and I'm just sharing my thoughts with you. There are several industries that are in total labor collapse. Education and healthcare are the first two that come to mind. COVID is a doozy on on the higher education system, all the way from pre-K to college professors. People have left. They are tired. They are burnt out beyond belief. And there is real psychic damage that has been done over the last three years. I do not see any scenario where the labor market can shut down because we have lost too many people already to COVID burnout and um, the great resignation. And that's a cold comfort, but I don't know if I can see what the experts are talking about in terms of loss of labor when every industry desperately, desperately needs labor. Many industries have had teams that should have been fully staffed at seven or 10 people operating on only three or two people for the last two years. I'm sure if you think about it, you could probably think of a couple examples. So I hazard my educated hypothesis, my guess, that although job hiring will slow down, I don't know if it will stop completely. And again, this is my opinion. I haven't seen anybody else have this opinion. It's just me being involved in the business of labor and money and your money. And I think they need us. It's cold comfort. I think they need us very badly because what happens to the rich, the wealthy, when there's no one to bring them food? (laughs) 
There's no one to carry their Uber Eats orders. There's no one to organize their closets. There's no one to run their numbers. Whether you're working class, whether you're poor, whether you barely made it into the middle class and you're hanging on like a climate-endangered barnacle and you're doing your very level best, I think that they need us. And I think that's going to have interesting historic-level implications over the next two to three years as the recession and inflation plays out. And the solves can't come from us individually. The solutions have to come from our governments, which means we will need to change who we vote for in large part. But we can really make some of the bumps and roughness easier on ourselves. Part of that is community care. Part of that is outsourcing some of the work to our communities. Part of that is making sure that we go make more money unapologetically as we are handling ABCD and XYZ. Now you will have no doubt noticed that as I've been talking, I've been talking about the whole world. That's not idealistic of me. I've been talking about the whole world because for most of my clients and most of my communities, we send money back home. Back home is wherever we're from before we came to the country that offered us a better life, allegedly. And so I think it's important to talk about it because many of us support our extended family. Overall, we expect global output loss of 4 trillion between now and 2026. Kristalina Georgievia, leader of the IMF. You may be good. You may be able to inoculate yourself, but this is going to rock the world again. 2008, 2009. Put on your seatbelt. We're on the same roller coaster together. But it doesn't need to be something that devastates you if you are able to adjust your plans. And I understand that not everybody's life will look that way. But if you are thinking about children, if you are thinking about purchasing a home, if you are thinking about how you support and grow yourself, these are going to become very specific solutions because your life is not like everybody else's life. You're going to want to make sure you have a fat emergency fund. If you can, get to six months plus. If you can get up to 12 months, beautiful. You're going to want to make sure that you keep an eye on your company, your organization that you work for, so that you see when they start to get look a little shaky, where there might be layoffs. You're going to want to keep your resume sharp. That thing needs to be updated twice a year. <laughs> twice a year. Do you all hear me? Do not let that resume get dusty. You're going to want to make sure that you keep an eye on your retirement investing schedule if you do get laid off, that you understand that severance is taxed more than your regular paycheck and that when you do get severance, you get actually less than if they had only paid you two weeks. You are going to need to get very proactive about things that are protective to you. And depending on where you are in income, that might also mean like buying shelf-stable goods instead of fresh goods, focusing more on rice and canned goods and frozen goods and less on fresh vegetables. But you being protective of yourself is not a bad thing. It means that you don't panic. And I really don't want you to panic. If you can see a thing coming, you can prepare for it, you can ride it out. But when it catches you surprised is when we go into panic and when we make stupid mistakes. So deep breaths, y'all. Deep breaths. On this payday, 
take a deep breath, look around, and get back to getting really intimate with your numbers. The more intimate you are with them, the more likely they can tell you what's going to happen next. Speaking of ways to make your life easier, if you're getting ready to start a podcast and you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to get started. It's free. Anchor distributes your podcast for you across multiple platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Their app allows you to edit straight from your phone or computer, and there's no minimum listenership to start earning revenue. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Things can get easier, but they don't necessarily work like that. In general, what actually happens is there's hard things and then we get good at doing hard things, but the hard thing doesn't get any easier. We're just good at it now. So if this is your first recession, if this is your first time dealing with inflation like this, don't panic. It can't stay like this forever. Everything has to change. In reality, it took most people about four to five years to start to come out of the effects of 2008. The stock market may have recovered in two and a half years, but people took five years to a decade, depending on what happened. As you know, a lot of people lost their houses due to very predatory underwriting. And so I want to warn you right now, do not sign up for anything that seems too good to be true without really drilling down and checking the TNCs, the terms and conditions, because I actually saw some products that were bringing back variable rates again. And I was like, no, we don't do variable rate anything anymore. (laughs) The only thing variable rate that an average consumer should have will probably be the credit card Um, APR. And there is legislation by people who have a connection to reality that would lower the APR cap from 30% to 15%. So you individually do have influence on what at the end of the day you pay. But systemic problems require systemic solutions. And when they're this big, we're all in it together. So don't be scared, be ready. And I'll be right here with you to help you navigate the next couple of years. This is Samantha Mantra signing off. Take care and enjoy the rest of your payday. Go make yourself a cup of tea, hun. We're going to be okay because we're going to make it that way.